the majority of parents do not adhere to this ideological framework that there are more than two genders. Gender used to be synonymous with sex, but this whole new generation, and, and I'm including like young teachers, they have all been indoctrinated into believing gender ideology is now biological truth. But I didn't know that I needed to teach my daughter that she couldn't become my son. I reported that my son was being abused because he was inaccurately being taught that he was a girl. That's psychological abuse. He was uh, had a, having a sexual identity foisted on him that would permanently harm him. So that that is long-term sexual abuse of a child, right? And it's definitely emotional abuse of a child. They manufacture these scientific facts and push them into the schools. And it's no accident that because you manufacture scientific facts, usually in academia, that you would see it first in schools. Why do we have rapid onset gender dysphoria? Because our leaders have allowed the public school system and our public universities to indoctrinate our children and to make this seem as if it were normal when even psychiatrists will tell you it is not. Your sex is in your DNA. Teachers and educators in those circumstances are taking the position that somehow they know better than parents what is best for their children. Whoever wants our children most will have them. Hey everybody, welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of this show, and joining me is my husband, filmmaker, Mark Archer. DJ Mixmaster Mark on the board today. Oh my goodness. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting our website, fearlessfeatures.org. So what you guys just heard was the new teaser from our latest documentary film that we're making, Dysphoria. Mm. And it's all about the transgender movement. And today we are talking, we've got things from the American Library Association, more about communism and more. So if you're new to the program, welcome. We're glad you're here. Grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever it might be, and join us for another informational packed show. Mm -hmm. What would you say you do here? Oh, my word. <laughs> you so uh, Mark got a new tool and he's over there being a button pusher. Obviously, I love all of my buttons to push. Okay, <laughs> this is how I accentuate mocking the left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have some fun articles to share, yeah? I do, I do. So this first one here I've got is um, a little bit of context. So these were I just found these. These were just shared with me from some of our friends in Texas and. They were reposting uh, articles from the American Library Association, and it was all about if you're a small town librarian, how can you bring in the LGBT agenda? Mm -hmm. Well, these articles that were on their website have currently been scrubbed, but there's backups. So, mm -hmm. I, were you going to push a button? Mm, yeah. <laughs> You're distracting me. <laughs> so here, let me give a, a quick overview here. I'm going to go through this uh, briefly. 
I have to hide my buttons from you so you can't, you don't know. Right. Uh, so this was, actually it says 320 of 2019. So this was several years ago, a few years ago that um, this article was posted on the American Library Association for GLBT Book Month. This is by Tess Goldwasser. And it says, and I'm reading, do you work for a library in a small rural conservative community? targeting us already. Here we go. Small rural community, conservative. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Are you a frontline staff member there with no managerial or administrative authority? Frontliners. (laughs) Do you wish you could do more to make your library more inclusive to LGBTQIA plus community, but meet with resistance? I hope it's not just me. I've been working as a frontline staff member at a small town library for nearly a decade. I have struggled with trying to affect positive change at my library in the area of inclusivity. It can be disheartening to feel you're not supported by your library and by extension, the community that li- that the library serves. Mm. Um, you feel like you should just give up on advocacy, but you shouldn't. There are small things you can do to welcome LGBT folks into your library. Small steps you can take to move your library and community progressively forward. Here are a few things I've done that will hopefully inspire those in similar positions and locales to keep fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> you know what? Well, my first question is when have when have uh, you know the LGBT community not been invited into the library? I can't uh, can't think of any uh, times when there's been you know signs on the doors or you know <laughs> pat downs or anything like that. And, well, you know, check, make sure you're not a homosexual. I can't have you in here. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, tips and tricks here from the article. Tips and tricks to being a secret librarian advocate operative these are her words not mine right That's, they, they, <laughs> like, hey what happened <laughs> what <laughs> they envision themselves as secret agents don't they? Uh, <laughs> so don't give up this is the most important lesson i can impart upon you for instance when you ask can i do glbt book month display in june and your supervisor oh, i don't know why it's backwards here. I'm, I'm offended that they got the letters out of order. <laughs> right. I mean, if we're going to do acronyms, let's get them right. Right. Well, this was 2019, so it might not have been that popular yet. That's it's very possible. I Changes mean... By the day now. Mm-hmm. You know, language is so fluid. It's ever-changing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, So another one was invite LGBT community partners. Like I said, your library isn't ready for drag queen story time. They may not be ready for any kind of LGT programming yet, but that doesn't mean those programs can't still be held in your library. If your library has meeting spaces, reach out to groups like your local PFLAG. What's that? PFLAG chapter. I don't know what that is. Well, it's a. I looked it up just briefly, but I couldn't find what it stood for. And it was all about uh, PFLAG is LGBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean GLBT. Well, whatever they want to call it. IAQ. And it's for oh, plus minus. Yeah. Well, and it, it was really interesting because um, this was for it says protecting your grandkids. So this was for grandparents. This P flag was for mm-hmm. grandparents, and it was interesting because they said that they have been changing hearts and minds and families since 1972 or 73. Mm-hmm. Huh. So they've been around for a while. Okay. This P flag. Anyway, um, you're supposed to reach out to your groups like your local PFLAG chapters or local schools, LGBT student groups, and let them know that they can hold meetings and host programs at your library. 
Oh. Like they're not allowed already? That's that's what I'm saying. Like they're not allowed in. You know who is banned? <laughs> we are. So many of our, there were several of our screening partners um, across the country, especially the one in Georgia, where they got, um, they, they were told that they couldn't, they couldn't hold the uh, screening of the mind polluters there. Right. Even though it's a public We have space. sort of a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's what we heard from our screening partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to the article mm-hmm. from this librarian. From the American Library Association. Sneakily fit stuff into current programs. Okay, this is the problem. This is why parents and even teachers and administrators, listen, when you start sneakily Mm -hmm. putting things into the library, you're not doing yourself or your community any favors. Yeah. So when this is the strategy and you put this out and parents and grandparents see this and then you complain Mm -hmm. because you get opposition and we're all just supposed to blindly trust you. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's because you are working actively to subvert our parental authority. Yeah. Well, check it out from the article. So you're not doing drag queen story time yet, but you're probably doing regular old story time, right? Try to quote sneak inclusive messages into your current programs. For instance, if you're reading a book about a mama bear and a papa bear, maybe when you read it, you just change it to be about two papa bears. Right. Because that makes a lot of sense. Right. Because in nature, in reality, in the physical world, Mm -hmm. how many two papa bears do you see having a baby bear? Right. Mostly two papa bears eat each other <laughs> in reality, right? right? Because they live in a fictional fantasy universe that they've concocted because they're completely, they're, they have depraved minds. Uh-huh. And so they've completely de- detached from reality. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting that they keep trying to take it back to the natural world, which wouldn't accept it anyway. Not adhere to their right to their stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Or reading from the article again. Or if you're reading a book about a rabbit who likes to get dirty and play sports, maybe when you read it, you pointedly say it's a girl rabbit. <laughs> like getting dirty and playing sports is only for boys. Right. Have you ever had daughters? <laughs> 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 Whatever, folks. Like I've got two who play in the dirt more probably than I ever did. <laughs> and a wife who works on cars. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, I have pictures. Oh, my word. So uh, well, chances are kids and families won't even notice. But for that same sex family or gender non-conforming child who does, it will really mean a lot to them to know that their librarian has their back. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's horrible. This idea. Oh. <clears throat> so this article goes on, but I'm, I'm, I'm over it already. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. So what's the other piece? That you so there was another piece of this, another librarian here. And this article came out actually just, just August 31st. School librarian slaps parents in Louisiana, pushes legislation to block parents from challenging books. This is a short art. This is a 
quick article. I just got to read the whole thing. School librarian Amanda Jones filed a slap lawsuit, which is strategic lawsuit against public participation. (laughs) Isn't Uh, that (laughs) no censorship here? No silencing voices here. Okay. Okay. Let me go back to it. Um, Anyway, the school librarian Amanda Jones files a slap lawsuit against parents who reported on her activities in facilitating inappropriate material to school children. That's a story already reported by others. What's new is that Amanda Jones is further evidencing that the slap suit is being used to advance political interests having nothing to do with the defendants. She wrote a letter to Louisiana politicians asking them to target the parents and parents statewide by passing legislation that would prevent parents from having any significant say in what librarians make available to school children. The glaring evidence that Amanda Jones cares not about the lawsuit she filed and only about how she can use it to advance the political interest of the Chicago, Illinois-based American Library Association is that her requests seeking certain legislation to the Louisiana lawmakers are substantially similar to those American Library Association itself has guided librarians to make. So do you remember the American Library Association uh, representative who, he's in the Mind Polluters, remember? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, uh, Bob Sweeney. Oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah, with the Carmel Clay Public Library. And he was uh, a representative also of the American Library, the Federation of yeah, Libra- Librarians. He had a lot of, a lot of titles. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I get, I get really baffled when people they they just you can't attack our librarians. Excuse me, I am not attacking the librarians. The Librarian Association mm-hmm. is attacking my children. Mm-hmm. I am defending. My children and everyone else's children. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just and, well, and, and again, we're not we're not advocating for book banning or book burning. Just move it to the adult section. It's mm. graphic. Yeah, it's a good first step. I'd like to take all the gay books out and burn them, but that's <laughs> what needs to happen. Okay, but that's the last straw. <laughs> I'm going to take your board away. <laughs> no, you can't. It's mine. It's anyway, over here on my side. So well, you had articles as well, because like I said, we're, we're, today it's just getting back to the communism. We've mm-hmm. got American libraries. Getting back to communism. Oh. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I've i been, uh, so I'm reading several books right now. And of course, we talked about the one, we've been talking about what is communism. And last week we played a clip from Jeff Younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about um, his dealings with a group called Antifa. Mm-hmm. So I have an interesting article here about Antifa. This is from the, the post-millennial. Um, do you know who Andy No is? I've heard that name. So he wrote this book called Unmasked. He okay. um, Unmasked is a really scary book to read because he basically infiltrated Antifa. We'll leave links for it in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and he has been exposing them. Now, Antifa tried to kill him several times. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in the beginning of Unmasked, he tells this story about, and I remember this is when I first, when I was first exposed to him mm-hmm. and his work, Antifa 
um, they were, they were, he was in the midst of one of their riots, I think in Portland. I thought it was one of the, 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 what were those zones called? What was that? You remember? He gets into that, the the Occupy, the Chaz. That's what it was. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. (laughs) That's what it was. That's all Antifa. Yeah. But, uh, um, they tried to kill him, um, there in, in, during one of those protests. They, They actually threw a, uh, like blocks of concrete at his head. Mm. It was him and one other guy got attacked. They 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 did brain damage. So this is this is who these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, so Antifa, they're still at it. So uh, this is just from last week. Shocking video has emerged on social media showing scenes of deadly and fiery chaos at lawless street occupations in Portland. Uh huh. Portland, Oregon. And what's the date on this? This is um, August 30th. Okay. 2022. Right. At one of the street racing takeovers on Sunday night near the Expo Center, attended by hundreds, an elderly man in a van appeared to be caught in the road before being violently attacked by an armed mob. Now, if if you go and you click, click on this article, and there is video of this, right? Because in... <clears throat> Of course, in the social media world, Twitter is run by communists, self-admittedly, and they love hosting all this Antifa stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can always find video of this stuff on Twitter, and there's video of this happening. And this poor guy, just he just took a wrong turn. Yeah. And, um, okay, shows that he desperately attempted to reverse and drive away while being attacked. Then he backed into a car. A man in the crowd then fires at least 18 rounds at his fleeing van. Oh, my word. A follow-up video shows the crowd catching up with the elderly man who had stopped on a patch of grass. He appeared appeared to be in shock and was bleeding heavily. There were hundreds of people and cars in the area participating in an apparent illegal street takeover event, making it difficult for officers to respond and investigate the shooting. Portland police said in a press statement. Portland PD, by the way, worthless police department. Well, I just want to know, so did the man die? Uh, No, but let me continue here. In addition to the elderly man who appeared to be shot, two participants of the takeover were also injured by gunfire, leading to the death of a 20-year-old named Cameron Taylor. A $20,000 GoFundMe campaign for his funeral says he was, quote, struck by a stray bullet. So Was he there participating? Yes, he was participating in this. On Twitter, Antifa accounts have been promoting the fundraiser. Riot Society uh, is one of the accounts uh, on Twitter that was promoting this. At the same time, there was another simultaneous takeover at the intersection of Northeast 72nd and Sandy Boulevard. Video posted on social media of that occupation shows cars spinning on the road while a person uses a flamethrower to blast fire in the occupied street. These sound like very civilized protests against... Right, mostly peaceful, according to that's what That's what I mean, peaceful protests. Um, well, well, it reminds me, wasn't it Antifa? I, what did I just see? I should have pulled that article um, in Dallas where they were just doing the drag queen. Dra- yes. The kids, yes. the drag queen thing. I had that. And Antifa was standing guard. Yes. Um, I don't have the article in front of me, but yeah. 
Um, I'll find it and, and leave a link to there it. Were, yeah, there were armed Antifa. Okay, so remember all the things that, that we as Christian conservatives are accused of. That we're all a bunch of, you know, rednecks who want to run around, around with our, you know, open carry rifles and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is exactly, this is classic projection. This is exactly who the left is. So Antifa members in Texas were guarding guarding a drag drag show or yeah it was, it was or, a drag show and it, kids and kids were was, invited it was a drag show for kids i don't and know if it was specifically for kids but it was a drag show it was a family drag show or yeah whatever like and here's these guys all dressed in black with their <laughs> swat gear with their full body armor yeah both carrying ars uh, semi-auto pistols, you know, w- with what's called black block. Basically, everything everything they wear is black, mm-hmm. except their rainbow patch. Right. right. You look pretty tough like that. And they were the armed security. For what, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. To protect, protect the drag queens from what? They're the ones that take over city streets and, mm-hmm. and shoot their own. Um, <clears throat> anyway, what else you got? Okay, so I have another article here that we'll put also in the show notes. Three terms communists redefined to subvert society. Mm-hmm. All right, this is by James Lindsay. Um, over the past two years, tens of millions of Americans have awakened to the fact that the dialectical left, which includes communism, achieves its agendas most effectively by strategically changing the meanings of words. Yeah, language. Mm-hmm. Language matters. This is a tactic that is very effective until it is recognized, at which point it rapidly becomes counterproductive because it is so obviously manipulative and so easily resisted by demanding clear definitions, especially in policy documents. The challenge is that there are a lot of words that our society depends on, which allows communist activists to move on, move on from one word to another, then to another, as their language games get exposed. For example, consider the term justice, which we often hear from critical Marxists who claim to be in pursuit of social justice. Uh-huh. Um, Another example, consider the term education. The concept of education has to be understood and then redesigned according to this paradigm also. So uh, the, the main examples I give are the word number f- first word is the term inclusion. Many people have awakened to the sense that something is badly wrong with that term and that it somehow indicates selective exclusion, and they're right. To woke Marxists, inclusion expresses the idea that nobody is excluded by virtue of the unjust power dynamics woke Marxist theory describes. For them, free societies with impartial laws don't address the underlying structural power dynamics that create de facto exclusion or a sense of not being fully welcome. So, and it goes on, uh, another word that they've redefined, democracy. (laughs) Get me going on this. Okay. We do not live in a democracy. Constitutional republic. We live in a democratic republic. Mm Mm-hmm. Get it straight, please. I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands. Mm -hmm. We live in a democratic republic. We democratically elect. And in a republic is a representative republic. We don't want a straight democracy. And our founding fathers knew that this was was a bad thing. Straight democracy is mob rule. And that is why uh, when... 
it's so important that we that we continue to teach our children and educate other people that we do not live in a democracy. And you hear the the left talks about this all the time. Our, it's a threat to our democracy. A threat to our democracy. We live in a democratic republic, so let's mm-hmm. keep it keep it correct. All right. So on that note, back to Antifa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're redefining terms so that we can confuse people and get people to shut up. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, who do we have running around and setting everything on fire? Quite literally, is groups like Antifa. So let me read a, a couple snippets here from Andy No's book, and it's his last name is spelled NGO. Mm-hmm. Um, this is called Unmasked. All right. Simply put, Antifa are an ideology and movement of radical pan-leftist politics, whose adherents are mainly militant anarchist communists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Militant, anar- you know what anarchy is. No law, no rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, communists or collective anarchists. <laughs> okay. Boy, <clears throat> sounds like a fun group. Yes. A smaller fraction of them are socialists who organize through political groups like the Democratic Socialists of America and others. Labels aside, their defining characteristics are a militant opposition to free markets and the desire to destroy the United States and its institutions, culture, and history. Contrary to what many on the right believe, they are not liberal, though that does not mean they haven't made inroads inroads in transforming and radicalizing the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. Okay. The political street violence, we were just reading about this, involving Antifa in the United States serves as a harbinger of American society, the canary in the coal mine of our coming disorder, even possible civil war, if we allow their actions and ideology to be further, further normalized. Who was it that was just talking about civil war? more or less, from the presidential pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The intellectualizing of their arguments tries to mask the ruthlessness of their worldview. This is talking about Antifa. They don't care whom they harm, what livelihoods they destroy, as long as it furthers their political agenda. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Uh-huh. Sounds like politics in general. So Antifa is kind of this mishmash and they're basically they whether they're all true communists or socialists or anarchists they're all fighting for the same thing which is the destruction of America mm-hmm. the destruction of the nuclear family mm-hmm. they're trying to they're trying to bring down capitalism mm-hmm. if you bring down capitalism what do you replace it with socialism socialism communism Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a term that you'll hear more and more uh, tossed around is what's called a technocracy, which I argue is closer to where we are as a nation right now than anything. Technocracy meaning public-private partnership. Uh-huh. So hear that all the time. Half the government and half you know private industry. Well, hello, big tech, mm-hmm. right? Because what is the constitute? The constitution limits the government, but it doesn't limit necessarily private industry. Mm-hmm. So we ran into this with Vimeo mm-hmm. and with Amazon, right? So, and people 
a lot of people, when, when we told them that we had been banned on Vimeo and they said, First Amendment. No, actually, that applies to Congress. Read the Constitution. Congress shall make no law. Mm-hmm. So Vimeo is not Congress. Neither is Amazon. So they can, as a private industry, they can make whatever rules they want. Uh-huh. Right? And so they've... Community standards. If they've got their community standards. <laughs> now, you're a fool if you think that they're not getting the wink and the nod from the Justice Department and mm-hmm. the administration. Well, yeah. you go ahead and do that. Well, we already way. saw the Justice Department go after the schools, the parents. Right. right. <laughs> Through the school systems. Go ahead and you, you guys do that. That way we don't have to. Uh-huh. We're, you know, technically not allowed to because constitutionally they can't. Mm-hmm. So technocracy is really, I'm kind of on a, you know, on a sideline there, but that's... That's really, I think, what we're seeing here. But I wanted to share that about Antifa. And then I've got um, a couple more notes here on communism, again, from The Naked Communist, Mm -hmm. which is another book. Uh, Do you know who Voltaire was? No. Okay, 18th century French writer and philosopher. Okay. Um, Voltaire referred derisively to the breed of men who cannot run their own families and therefore retreat to their attics so that from there they can run the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) Karl Marx seemed to fit this pattern. Mm. Okay, so talking about the man who founded all of this, in his original draft of what became the Communist Communist Manifesto, when they were through, so this is him and Frederick Engels, when they were through, they had announced to mankind that the new program of international communism stood for, ready, number one, the overthrow of capitalism. Uh-huh. What is it that they hated about capitalism so much? Do you know? So, from an ideological standpoint, the communist mindset, uh, the same with socialist mindset, they view capitalism as this is... It's a threat to their... It's, it's, it promotes way in, of- inequality... Because... There's you know, winners and losers? Why does Jeff Bezos get to be a billionaire... And, uh, you know, and these people here are still poor. Yeah. Right. There's now there's no notion of personal responsibility Mm -hmm. in the communist ideology. It's all about forced redistribution, forcing uh, equality or equity, equity. Right. (laughs) So when you hear equity, this is this is communist. This is all from communism. Mm -hmm. It's forcing people to be equal, Mm. forcing we we the free market capitalist system that we were founded as is equal opportunity mm-hmm. and that's being shifted to equal results no matter what and you see that in the schools too you see that in the schools no child left behind yeah. equal results everybody's going to get a diploma whether or not they can read or not yeah. we're going to give them a diploma and send them off into the world so no, goal number 1 was the overthrow of capitalism number 2 the abolition of private property. Uh, World Economic Forum. You'll own nothing and, and be happy. Be happy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, number three, the elimination of the family as a social unit. Black Lives Matter. Wow. Right. Black Lives Matter had this on their website. Mm-hmm. Remember when all the George Floyd riots started and we, we started looking into them as did a lot of people. And in their founding documents... Mm-hmm. It said that they stand for the abolition of the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. 
um, comes right out of the Communist Manifesto. Mm -hmm. uh, number four, the abolition of all classes. Yeah, right, because you can't have winners and losers. Right. You can't have some people who do, do better than others. Right. Mm -hmm. um, number five, the overthrow of all governments. Just all of them, right? So then who's in charge is my question. The technocrats. Well, so in a true communist system, the government owns and controls everything. And even even in this book, he admits that that has been tried several times and it doesn't work. <laughs> it always ends in catastrophe. And so what's being pushed now is really this public-private partnership or a technocracy mm -hmm. where the enforcers are well, sure, you can. Those who have, already have the supplies. Yeah, sure, you have the right to say what you want, but if you don't fit into our community standards, we're just going to have to turn off your electricity for the ESG. Month, right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So <laughs> it's not us. It's not us, the government. We didn't make a law. Right. But they did it, and mm -hmm. we don't have any control over what they're doing. They're private industry. Mm hmm. Uh, and number six in this original set of goals, the establishment of a communist order with communal ownership of property in a classless, stateless society. It just sounds like a miserable place. Mm -hmm. In short, the communists everywhere support the revolutionary movement. Remember that word, revolutionary movement against existing social conditions. Let the ruling classes tremble at a communist revolution. The proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains. They have a world to win. Working men of all countries mm -hmm. unite. This is communism. So you hear all of these terms. The reason I want to keep going back to this is, is because we have this alphabet soup of confusion. Well, who's Antifa? Who's BLM? Who are the communists? Who are the socialists? And what is everybody talking about? And the New World Order. We'll mm -hmm. talk about them as we go. Um, it is all the same thing they're all trying to number one abolish the private property destroy the nuclear family this is what the transgender movement is all about we have to destroy all sense of any basically from a biblical standpoint anything that god created we stand opposed to mm -hmm. that is and, and you know that that's where that's where this is all headed with the rise of the Antichrist, and the, they will eventually succeed for a short time, times, mm -hmm. and half a time. Yeah. <laughs> with the Antichrist, we'll have his new world order for a brief time, because and only because the Lord will allow it. So, mm -hmm. all that is just to, you know, to encourage everybody. Yeah. yeah I, I believe you have my stapler. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out fearlessfeatures.org for more episodes and ways you can help us in our mission. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday.